Praise the Lord. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, the last time I checked, I had a pulse in my body and my lungs were going in and out. So say, neighbor, don't you know we just went through the coronavirus where it was taking the breath from people? So that's alone or just a reason to give God glory because I'm still breathing. The enemy tried to attack humanity, but I'm still breathing. Hey, you should be running in this house. You should be giving God glory, especially if you got the virus and you still survived it. Hey, hallelujah. Because he could have took your breath. But I kept on breathing. I kept on praying. I kept on praising. I kept on blessing. I kept on moving. I kept on being in him. God has been good to me. So I'm going to give him praise. Hallelujah. 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 Come on and clap your hands all over the sanctuary and give God glory. Come on, clap your hands like you're clapping for God. Hallelujah. He is worthy to be praised. Amen. You can have your seats all over the sanctuary. Amen. God is good. It's good to see each and every one of you. We honor you and we bless you. Amen. We honor our pastor in her absence. Let's give her a hand clap. Amen. Amen. We honor Pastor Joe. Amen. Thank you for coming to the house this morning. We thank you for your presence this morning. We honor Elder Patrice this morning. Amen. Amen. And we honor each and every one of you. Amen. Amen. Pastor sends her greeting. She called me this morning, early this morning, and woke me up out of my sleep. And she prayed. And she prayed so good, I had to get up, y'all. Amen. She prayed for me. Amen. So we have a pastor who prays for her people. Amen. I'm so glad that we have a pastor like that. Amen. Can we give her one more hand? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So you guys, y'all, we've been praying and amen. We've been praying and we have been moving. God has been really speaking through this house on prayer. And I believe that he wants to do something with his people when it's pertaining to prayer. Prayer is one of the most important and the most powerful conduits that you can add to your life. And prayer is what changes things. Amen. Amen. So we are in the season called Pray It Forward. Amen. So we're going to have, um, we're going to go to Luke, the 22nd chapter. And we're going to the 31st verse. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And the word of the Lord reads, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brother. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, don't let your faith fail. My life depends on it. Yeah, come on. Turn to your other neighbor and say, neighbor, don't let 
your faith fail because my life depends on it. Hallelujah. Your Christian walk, it affects somebody else's life. Amen. Come on, your prayer life affects somebody else's life. Amen. The way you live your life affects somebody else's life. Amen. Somebody say, it's not about me. Amen. Hallelujah. Here we go. Amen. Continuing on the foundation that was already has already been laid um, with Pastor and Pastor Joe, who preached a significant message on uh, praying it forward um, when he talked about how to pray f- uh, in the future, pray for it before something happened, you pray for it. Amen. He, that was a very significant pe- message. And, um, I just viewed, I wasn't here last week and I viewed pastor's message from last week and she talked about Peter and I had already picked my text. I was like, oh, okay, wow. Amen. So we're going to continue on that foundation. I believe that without argument that it is impossible to overestimate the value of faith. Faith is the core of your relationship with God. It is by grace that you are saved through what? Faith. As a matter of fact, you can't walk daily with God without faith. For the Bible teaches us that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith is the key that allows you access to the goodness that God has in store for you. That's why Jesus said, it be, let it be unto me according to thy faith. Someone here has lived long enough and gone through enough ups and downs to know that sometimes faith is all you have to hold you together. That, that will hold you together. Faith will also carry you and faith will what get you through some situations. I think that we have had some praying grandmothers. We have had some praying grandfathers that looked down from heaven. They sung an old hymn and they said, leaning, leaning. Faith um, secure on all and all. And there was another song that said, we come this far by faith, leaning on the Lord, trusting in his holy word, he never failed me. We got some people who are from the old church in the house this morning. Amen. Faith is one of the most critical components of your life. The kind of faith that pleases God is the faith that surrenders to his sovereign will. Faith that believes that no, no matter in, inescapable his presence may be, in your life, when you done, when you have feel, when you have, when you don't feel God around you, you still know that His power is at work in you. Faith, faith is not a characteristic. Faith is not a personality. Faith is not something that you get. You go to school for. You don't get a. When you go to divinity school, they don't teach you how to have faith. Faith is not a possession. Faith is not. It's not something that is in your vocabulary. Faith is something that you have that's in your heart. Faith is. It's not. It's a. It's a noun, but but it operates as a verb, just like love. Love is. is, It operates as a verb. In faith, you need to do something in order for it to work. Faith redemands action. Somebody say faith Faith. demands action. 
Faith is that which moves you and motivates you. Faith unsettles you. Faith shapes you. Faith causes you to stand and do something. Faith is not something that you talk about. Faith is something when you really have it, it pushes you and urges you and forces you not to become complacent in a place that God has not called you to. But faith causes you to stand on your two feet and make a move in faith. Amen. Somebody say faith is risk. Faith is risk. So we was to place risk with everywhere faith is. We will say for we walk by risk and not by sight. That with our wrist, it's impossible to, without our wrist, it's impossible to please God. And for he who comes to God must believe that he is a rewarder, that diligently seek him, but it is unto him according to that level of risk. It is your wrist that, you, that has made you whole. Risk is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. For if you do not reach a point where you laid it on the line, you're not really walking by faith. Faith does operate where, faith doesn't operate where there is a guaranteed victory. If victory is guaranteed, there's no need for faith. But faith, faith operates where there is a possibility of defeat. It's possible that I can be defeated. It's not faith if it's a written guarantee that it is all going to work out in your favor. It's only faith when you laid it out on the line. Know that if God doesn't show up, if God doesn't handle it, if God's hand is not in it, that I might die in this trial. But if the Lord's hand's in it, if the Lord speaks on it, then I know that everything is going to work out. All right. So here, here we have in Luke chapter 22, we have Jesus giving Peter a warning. How many of y'all know that God will sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes he will give you a warning. And the word of the Lord reads here in chapter 22 and verse 31. He says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you and that he may sift you as wheat. But here, Jesus, he's, he's warning, he's warning Peter that the enemy wants to have him. That the enemy wants to have his way with him. And not only that, but he's asking permission to sift you as wheat. But you see, in the Greek, the word all there, um, when he's talking to Peter, he ain't just talking to Peter. He's talking to you too. The enemy desires to sift you as wheat. Do you know the process of wheat? When they take wheat, they put it in a grinder. 
They put it in a grinder and they grind it up until it's unrecognizable. And then once it gets into the unrecognizable state, they take that wheat and they begin to shake it and shake it and shake it until it's separated from its core. The enemy wants to shake you and he wants to grind you and he wants to shake you and he wants to grind you until you're unrecognizable and then he's going to shake you until he shakes all of the good out of you until you say all I have is the core of me. But see, the, the best part of it is that he couldn't do this without permission. You see, when 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 the enemy when the enemy goes to the judge and the judge he asks the judge he said, "I need a warrant for Jeanette's arrest. I need a warrant for uh, for 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 um for um Chrissy's arrest. I need a warrant. Amen. I need a warrant for Brittany's arrest. I need a warrant for your arrest." He said, "When you get a warrant for arrest, you can't get that warrant unless the judge signs off." on that warrant so the enemy he goes he asks the judge I said I need a warrant and once he gets that warrant guess where he's going he's going to try to find you he's going to go to your mama's house he's going to go to your house he's going to go to your friend's house he's going to go on your job he's going to go to the daycare he's going to go to the bank he's going to go wherever he thinks that you are why because he has to let everybody know that there's a warrant for your arrest so when things begin to run up a muck, when things begin to go haywire, don't be alarmed because it's just a warrant. It's just a warrant. The enemy is after you. He, he wants you. He wants to sit you. He wants to expose he wants to expose your weaknesses. He wants to expose your self-dependency. He, 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 he wants to expose the parts of you that you keep hidden from everybody else. He wants everybody to know that hell wants you. Satan wants to sift you. Why? Because he wants to separate the good in you from the bad in you. Now he's talking to Peter, and we all know Peter. Peter was a little schizophrenic. He was a little all over the place. But if you notice in the text, he starts out, he doesn't call him Peter. He says, Simon, Simon. Why is he not calling him by the name that he named him when he said, thou art the rock, the son of the living God? Why are you not calling me by that name? He said, no, I have to peg you down to who you used to be because what you're about to go through, you can't go through as Peter, but you got to go through as Simon. So don't be alarmed when you go back to your old me. Don't be alarmed when you are backtracked to the person that you used to be because God is processing you so that you will be able to get through and be able to stand on who you are as Peter. But as long as Simon was not processed, he couldn't live totally as Peter. You got to be processed. So Jesus, what he's saying here, he's saying, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan wants to sift you as wheat. He's saying, he asking for permission for you. He's saying, I need you to be processed, Peter. I need you to be processed. Sam, Sam, I need you to be processed, Tootsie. I need you to be processed. 
He going to call you by your your name now, he gonna call you by your street name. He gonna call you by what they used to call you back then. I had a little alias name. Her name was Keisha. And 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 and, and, and yeah, they gonna he gonna call you by Keisha. Amen. He gonna call you, amen, by who you used to be. Amen. Y'all don't wanna know Keisha. Y'all don't wanna know her. <laughs> amen. So, sifting, sifting was a thrashing process. It, it, it separated you. Uh, it, it separated the bad from the good. So, he says his name twice, and he, he tells him that I got to bring you back to who you was so I can bring you up. But here, Jesus, he says here, the next verse, in verse 32, he says, but I have prayed for thee. Jesus, the son of the living God, has prayed for you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of folks say, I'm praying for you. That's what they say. I'm praying for you, sis. I'm, I'm praying for you, brother. When you going to pray? He ain't say, I was, I'm praying for you right now. I prayed for you. And we, 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 we get to the place where he says, I prayed for you. But then he says, I prayed for you that your faith will not fail you. So you said, I prayed for you. That even though, let me say this, even though Satan desires to sift you, God has prayed for you. And you can take that specific line and you can take that in two different ways. We got two different believers in the house. You have the perspective of when I hear, I pray for you. Okay, that's all you did. You are Jesus. The one who healed blinded eyes. The one who calls for the sick to be healed. You even raised people from the dead. Yeah. And the enemy came to you about me and all you did was pray for me? Two different believers. Yeah. You healed the sick and you raised the dead. You fed 5,000 people with two loaves and with two fish and five loaves of bread, but you only going to just pray for me? Wow. <laughs> wow. See, the first perspective is a person who does not know the power of prayer. The first person does not know the importance of how prayer changes things, the effects of prayer. Because when you have somebody who's really been in prayer for you, you're going to begin to see God move. You're going to begin to see things move in your life. Why? Because that person really and truly from the heart prayed for you. Then you have the second perspective. He, he who has the second understanding knows the power of prayer. He understands that prayer changes things. So when Jesus says, I praise for you, his, his, his only response is, he already done worked it out. When you know the power of prayer, you can go through a trial and a tribulation. You can go through people despising, um, discriminating your name. You can go through all kinds of things. Why? Because I already know God done worked it 
out. You can lose your job. God has worked it out. You can have sickness in your body. God has worked it out. Your husband could be getting on your nerve, but God has worked it out. Somebody say, I want to be the second perspective. I want to believe that when somebody prayed for me, that God done worked it out. He prayed for what? Y'all, he prayed for what he was about to go through. Now, you know you're a bad person in prayer when I can come to you and tell you what God, what the devil about to do to you. And it happens. Come on. It, it didn't, wasn't delayed. It, it didn't disappear. But he said, it's going to happen. He's going to sift you. But I pray for you. That your faith would not fail. When you know that Jesus has prayed for you. That's all you got to know. Jesus has prayed for me. So he says, I pray for you that your faith would not fail you. He said, now I know that I can go through any trial and tribulation because the, the Lord has prayed for me. So he ain't stopped right there. He said, I pray for you that your faith would not fail you not. But he also said, I pray. He said, he said, he said, and when thou art converted. Now, remember, I told you he called you Simon. He called you by your, your surname. He called you by your past name. He said, now that you've been converted, don't let nobody pray for you that ain't converted. If you don't know that they living in their truth. In the truth, not their truth, but in the truth. You know, don't ask them. I don't know. You know? But he's saying here, he said, after thou has been converted. And how do we know that Peter was converted? We know that Peter was converted because when he writes the epistles of the first Peter, y'all, y'all see so many conversions because Peter is no longer tipsy-tobby. He's not all over the place no more. Peter was the same one Jesus had to rebuke and say, Satan, what, what, what Satan that is, is in you, get behind me. He's the same Peter that he was talking to, but Peter was also the one who said in first Peter 5, he said, be sober, be vigilant for your adversary. The devil is a roaring lion waking about seeking that he may devour you. Peter woke up. Peter figured out. He said, hey, wait a minute. I don't know everything. He said, I don't know who, I, I don't know where, I don't know what the, what, the, what God is doing, but I am in a place where I am submitted. The most of the whole text, he talk about being submitted. He teaches you how to submit to your master. He teaches wives to submit to your husbands. He talk about how you need to submit to authorities. He, after you read the whole epistles of, Paul, of Peter, you will realize how Peter was converted. Not only that, but he also converts. In Acts, the second chapter, it was Peter that led 3,000 souls. In Acts, the 10th chapter, it was Peter who brought the Gentiles in the, in the fold. Y'all got to know who you are when you are converted. When you are converted, where is your fruit? When you are converted, where is the thing that God has called you to that has came to fruition? When you know that you converted. You can stand on the word of the Lord and know that God is going to do what he said he was going to do. He did 
what he said he's going to do. He said, I pray for you that your faith fail. He said, my faith didn't fail so much that I wrote two books in my name. And I'm famous in the book of Acts. My faith did not fail me. This is proof that you should not waste your sifting season. Don't waste it. Don't waste the season that God is taking you through the process of becoming sons of God. Somebody say, I'm glad. Somebody pray for me. Hmm. Some of you wouldn't even be here today hadn't somebody prayed for you. Some of us, if it wasn't God's will, would have been at a penitentiary if somebody had not prayed for you. Some of us would have been in a grave had somebody not prayed. Y'all, I'm not, I'm not just glad that Peter pay, that Jesus prayed for Peter, but I'm glad that Jesus is praying right now. Romans 8.34 says, when then is the one who condemns? No one. Jesus Christ who died more than that. He was raised to life. Is at the right hand of the Father. Making intercession for you. Don't you know that Jesus is praying for you? Right now. But the crazy part, and check this. The crazy part that even though Jesus is praying for us, you can still fail. You can still fall. But your faith. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I have failed God. I have been in a low place. I have been in sin even while I was in the pulpit. God. It was, it was God who put faith in me that calls for me to get up the place that was dark who called me out of darkness into his marvelous light I don't know where you are in your life right now but God has prayed for your faith and the only reason why you coming out is because of your faith the only reason why you coming out is because he prayed for your faith the only reason you come back out is because you decided to walk by faith and not by sight the only reason why you got up you out and your faith responded you can't respond to God your flesh can't respond to God but your faith your faith gonna respond your faith gonna respond your faith is going to respond somebody put their hand on their belly and say faith you shall not fail hallelujah hey hallelujah hallelujah I should have stayed in the converted state, but God, you caused my mind faith to take me through the process. Hallelujah. My faith, my faith, my faith would not fail. You didn't get up for a reason. You didn't get up for no reason. You got up because there is someone 
that is connected to your conversion. You have nations that is connected to your ver to your to your conversion. You have people who haven't even been born yet who is connected to your conversion. So you can't let your faith fail because something is connected to your conversion. There are people that you must birth out. There are some people that you gotta walk through deliverance. There are some people that you gotta lay hands on, come on elder, and be what healed. You got to walk in what God has converted you to be. See, when you've been converted, you can strengthen your brother. The difference between the, the language of an unconverted person and a converted person is that the unconverted person is going to come to you uh, giving you the testimonies of the devil. When someone come and came, comes to you and say, they're saying, oh, the devil is on my trail. Oh, the devil is doing this and the devil is doing that and the devil is after my son and the devil is at You know what? You need to go through conversion because you need to change your language when you know that God has been in you and God has been working in you and he has been rearranging some stuff and even though the enemy has, has positioned the Lord to ask for you to be shaken, when you are being shaken, the good is coming out but God is going to grab the good. The Bible said that he separated the weeded from the tear. The separation was going to come anyway just because the enemy do it or God do it, whoever do it, the enemy, the good is going to come out of you. So if it's going to come out of you, let's use it for the good. He said, he said, you're converted so your language should change. You're converted so you should know that it ain't about the devil. It's all about God and God getting the glory. So when somebody comes to you and say, I don't even know who I am. Wow. I don't know who I am. Wow. The converted response is, but you are a chosen generation. That you are a royal priesthood. That you are a holy nation. That you are God's special possession. That's who you are. That's the language of the converted. Somebody say, you know what? I got all this anxiety. I don't know what to do. Oh, the converted's answer is, he said, I cast all your anxieties because he cares for you that's the language of the converted when he, when someone comes to you and say you know what I just feel down and out he said I don't even know what to do look he said humble yourself therefore under the under the God's body hand that he will lift you up in due time you got to know the language of the converted he said, since I'm going through, bruh, I think I, I'm going to lose my family. He's saying, since I got cancer in my body, he said, bro, I, I, I think I just lost everything that I had. He said, don't worry about it. I prayed for you that your faith would not fail you. Uh, hey, I prayed for you that you will walk through the valley of the shadow of death and you will fear no evil. Uh, I prayed for you that by his stripes you are already healed. I prayed for you that you will be the head and not the tail. I prayed for you that you will be above and not beneath. I pray
prayed for you that you will be the lender and not the borrower. I'm not praying this for you, but I ain't prayed this for you. It's already done. Don't you worry about where your account is right now. Just listen to the instructions of the Father because he's going to take you from five figures to six figures to seven figures. Don't you worry yourself. Your I've already prayed for you. Hey! That your faith will not fail you. I don't know about you, but I'm glad somebody prayed me into this place right now. Because had not somebody prayed for me, I would still be that girl in the choir with hickeys on her neck. And no, somebody had not prayed for me. Hallelujah. I'd be still that girl who has low self-esteem. Had somebody not prayed for me, I'd still be the one who was nervous and sitting in my chair. But God sent somebody to pray for me. And I'm here to declare to you right now that God has sent somebody to pray for each and every one of you. You ain't got to stay in that state. But God has moved you from glory to glory. Hey, from victory to victory. Hey, he has moved you. You ain't got to stay there in your prayer life. God has moved you from just speaking a plain language to speaking in tongues, to speaking miracle signs and wonders. God has increased you. But today, God, he's increased you. You just got to walk in it. And the crazy part, y'all, don't think that you're going to wake up tomorrow and that it's going to be there, but you got to go through the process. See, people don't preach that. People tell you that you're going to wake up tomorrow and God, everything going to be all right. No, 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 no. There is a process that you got to walk through. There's some dark days that you got to walk through. The song said, I had some good days. I've had some bad days, but I ain't going to complain because my good days outweigh my bad days. So I ain't got to complain. So if you in your place right now, and it seemed like I'm in an old state, I feel like I'm the old me right now. Just know that God has just set you up for you to go through conversion. If you feel like, hey, what in the world is going on? I feel like it's all sinners around me. I feel like something is not moving right. I feel like the people around me ain't right. What is going on? He said, don't you worry yourself. I have placed something in you called faith. And you ain't going to be there long, baby. Because you won't go through the process. And I'm going to shake you. And I'm going to grind you. And I'm going to shake you. And I'm going to grind you. And I'm going to shake you. And I'm going to grind you. And I'm going to shake you. And I'm going to grind you. Until you're unrecognizable. You ain't going to recognize me. You ain't going to recognize me after the process. You ain't going to recognize me after the process. You ain't going to recognize me after the process. Hallelujah. Don't let your faith fail. 
My life depends on it. My life depends on it. My life depends on your prayer life. My life depends on your prayer life. If you don't pray for me, something might not happen in my life. My life, my healing, my miracles, my money, my romantic life, it depends on your prayer. I know it's a great responsibility. But y'all, we got to pray for one another. It wasn't, it wasn't a suggestion. It was a command. He said, love one another. He said, pray for one another. We learned in Bible study last night that, I mean, not last night, Wednesday night, we learned about if it's not in your heart, that's why you're not praying for it. We talked about praying for the pastor and about how important it is to pray for our pastor. And it shouldn't be generic prayers for our pastor. That when we say pray for the pastor, the room should be shaking with prayers for the pastor. But if she in your heart, you will change your posture. You will sacrifice to pray for her. We learned on Saturday, y'all, y'all got to, don't miss these moments. We learned on Saturday, Sister Camille, she taught on Saturday about how to pray and how to create language. I don't want nobody praying for me and they just praying God did it. What? God do it. Do what? It's, it's posted on Facebook if you want to watch it. She talked about how to take a word and you Break the word down and you add scripture to it so that prayer can be effective. A lot of us don't pray because it's boring to us because we don't make it interesting. I don't know what to say. That's why the church is here to teach us. Y'all can sit and have your seat. So we declared on Wednesday that we're going to spend the, the next 30 days in July praying for our pastor. So anybody want to join us in that? I'm going to have um, Sister Melissa put the, the prayer points in the email, and it will also be on the Facebook page and also on the website. We'll put it on all those places so that every day you can see how we collectively are praying for our pastor every day for the month of July. Can we commit to that? Amen. Know that your prayer life counts it matters it's effective the more you do it the more effective you know that you will become in prayer and you'll begin to see the manifestations of healing signs and wonders come about you'll begin to see even yourself walk in the totality of who God has called you to I even look at the growth of my brother Fonzo and how God has grown him he is an evangelist and guess what? He ain't had to have no ordination or nothing. He just walking in where God called him to walk in. When you pray and you read God's word, 
you're going to just look up and all of a sudden you're going to just be walking in this thing, man. You're going to already be through the conversion. God is so good, y'all. And I'm so glad that somebody prayed for me. And that was a true story. Like, I was in my early 20s, and a, a lady came up to me, and she was like, oh, you going to sing with those uh, hickeys on your neck? I was like, who are you? You know that lady prayed for me and walked me through the process? God will convert you at the right time. He will send the right person. Because she had to be real bold to walk up to me and say that. I'm like, lady, who are you? And I didn't even know that he was on here. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. God is good. Thank you. Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> I ain't know this. Amen. I remember standing all over the building. Hallelujah. God is good. Let's pray. And then Pastor Joe going to come and he going to do the rest. Amen. Amen. All right. Father God, we thank you. God, you are so good. We thank you, God, for your mercy. We thank you for your grace, God. We thank you, Lord, because it had not been for you, Lord. We don't know where we'll be seriously. And God, we just pray, God, that you would touch each and every person in this room. I pray now, God, that, that you would strengthen their faith, Father. I pray, God, that even those who are in this room who have this faith the size of a mustard seed, Father, remind them that they can still move mountains. God, I pray now, God, that you will cause for us, oh God, to go through the process of conversion. I pray, God, that you would take us, oh God, through, through the fire, Lord God. And Father, oh God, that you would cause for us to come out not smelling like smoke, God, not smelling like what we've been through, but Lord God, that you would cause us to come out in the victory. God, we thank you, Lord, for what you are about to do in this church. God, we thank you, oh God, for what you are about to do in our lives. God, we thank you for every person in this room who is about to answer the call. We thank you, oh God, for every person who is about to answer to the ministry of healing, to the ministry of deliverance. God, we thank you, oh God, even for those who are about to respond to the ministry of leadership. And God, I thank you, oh God, that you're taking this church from glory to glory and from victory to victory. I thank you, oh God, you're causing for us to be responsible in ministry. I thank you, oh God, you're causing for us to have the heart of the pastor, God. I thank you, oh God, that you are causing us for us, oh God, to, God, be at the place that you have called us to be at, at the right time, God. God, that you may do a work in us, through us. God, we give you glory, we give you honor, and we give you praise. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Now, somebody lift your hands and say, I've got the victory. Oh, come on. Y'all didn't mean that I've got the victory. I've got the victory. Amen. Come on, clap your hands for Jesus. Amen. Amen. Wow, sis. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. What a word from the Lord. Amen. Amen. The devil comes to sift us like we. Amen. And it's amazing. You know, I was sitting there and I was listening to the word of God. And it's amazing as you grow and, you know, you start to really listen to the word and understand the word. And it permeates through your spirit. And God just allows that Holy Spirit to really work inside of you. Amen. 
to that where that word becomes a part of your fiber and a part of who you are. Amen. But I thank God for you, EP. That was an amazing word. Give her another hand. Amen. Amazing word from the Lord. And it's amazing. When the devil comes to sift you, it's amazing. As the believer, all right? As the believer, Romans 8 to 8 says, For we know all things work together for the good. For we know. Who is we? The believer. Amen. The believer knows that all things work for the good. So we have to get to a place in right now. We have to understand that the believer has the power to overcome. Amen. So right now, I want to put out there, if you have not accepted Jesus Christ in the pardon of your sins, amen, that sifting process is going to go one way. Huh. Amen. The devil does not have to come and work hard for the unbeliever because the unbeliever is already doing his will. Amen. They're in a war. They're walking through a time zone and they don't even know. The devil has, he has, he has no reason to come to God and ask to sift the what? The unbeliever. It's the believer. So we have to right now make a decision. If you have not given your life to Christ, now is the time. If you have not confessed with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believed that the Lord God raised you from the dead, it says you will be what? Saved. Not you might be saved. You will be saved. It says because with the heart one believes, but with the mouth one confesses. Amen. Is there one that has not given their life to Christ? Who can say on this day, I want to give my life to Christ and I want to see salvation, which is the end. Is there one on Facebook Live? Is there one that wants to give their life today to Christ? This decision is the most important decision you ever make. Who you marry, what house you buy, what car you drive, what job you go to has no, nothing compares. It pales in comparison. Salvation is forever, y'all. And there's a heaven and there's a hell. And God has to send those what? Who reject him somewhere. And hell is real, y'all. I ain't trying to scare you. I'm giving you the truth. Amen. The word of God says, study to show thyself approved. A workman need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Truth is real. But I got to love you and I got to tell you that there is a hell. And if you don't believe in the Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, the blood covers us from day to day. Amen. Is there one? Amen. Second thing, if you do not have a Bible preaching, believe in church, people that will what? Pray for you. Amen. Love you. Correct you. Amen. Because love corrects. Love covers a multitude of what? Sin. First Peter 4 eight says love covers what? A multitude of sin. So if you love me, you're going to tell me the truth. But you're going to tell me with what? With love. Amen. If you don't have a church, every sheep needs a shepherd. Every believer needs a home, y'all. We can't be running around with a vagabond spirit going to and fro. Amen? You got to have a home. And if you don't have one, this is not a perfect place, but it's a great place. Because there's no such thing as perfect people. Amen? But we're people who love God. And we love the people that come here. Amen? Amen. Amen. Looks like we've got a saved house. And looks like we, everybody has what? A place to serve. Amen? Amen. So that's a good thing. Amen. Next what we're going to do now is giving time. It's what? Giving time. Luke 6.38 says give. And it shall be given 
unto you. Good measure, press down, shake it up. Run it over when men give it to your bosom. Because the measure of what you give, it will be given back to you. <laughs> A lot of people don't say that last part. The measure in which you give, it shall be measured and given back unto you. Amen. So if anyone needs an envelope, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Slip your hand up if you need an envelope. We have several ways of giving. Amen. Several ways of giving. Giving online. We can cash app. Amen. It's four different ways. Fourth Sunday. So it's pastoral care. Amen. Pastoral care. Let's take care of our pastor. Is that all of them? Oh, and we can text to give. Text to give at 240-660-4492. I need my glasses. <laughs> 4492. Amen. Text to give. 240-660-4492. Thank you, sis. Let's take care of the pastor. Amen. Cash app is 4Ps17. Cash app 4Ps17. Amen. Let's take care of the woman of God. Amen. Let me tell you, it's real out here. She's a full-time pastor. This is what she does. Amen? And like it said in the word, Jesus said, well, I have prayed for you. And I can tell you right now that Pastor Sharita prayed for us. Amen? And she's praying for us. And I know that with everything in me. So we want to take care of our pastor. Amen? Take care of her. Make sure she wants for nothing. In the old days when I was growing up, man, let me tell you, they took care of the pastor. Amen? They took care of the pastor. Every Sunday he had food. People were out there cutting his grass. Let me tell you, taking care of the flower beds, painting the house. They were doing for their what? Pastor. And we need to have that type of heart. That we see the pastor and we know that guess what? It takes what? Amen. For her to be in the place she needs to be. Amen. And we want to make sure we do that. And we do that with our heart. Amen. 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 Father God, we thank you and we bless you for this seed. Father, we pray that it be used for the uplifting of your kingdom. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 So we got some announcements. It's just one announcement. Oh, well, kind of two. All right. So one is that we will be um, going to lay Brother Leron to rest today. And so Pastor will be preaching. She's actually probably have already landed. So let's um, continue to pray for her travel as she goes back home. Um, the address to the church is 7711 Walker Mill Road, Capitol Heights, Merlin. It starts, the viewing is at 2 o'clock, but the funeral is at 3. Pastor will be preaching at the funeral. So let's just try to go, most of us, all of us, will we can, and support the Dunn family and also support Pastor. Oh, God, um, she is really close to this family, so let's just make sure we go and support her in this. When you go to the church, it's on a side road. Like, you're going to turn, but it's kind of in, like, a, a side road. You might not see the road, but it's, like, in between some trees. So when you go over there, you'll, um, you'll see it once you go down. 7711 Walker Mill Road, Capitol Heights, Maryland. If you are a minister, please wear your clergy attire to the church. Also, please know, keep in mind, y'all, that we have the craft feast that is coming up in August. We want as many people to come as possible. You can go ahead and already start praying. I'm playing for, I'm praying, playing. What am I doing? What are we doing? Paying. For, for the um, pray, pray for it too, amen. Paying for the crab feast, y'all. It's gonna be good. We are gonna have not just crabs. It's gonna be some shrimp. It's gonna be some corn. It's gonna be some. 
What else? Shrimp. Uh, what else? I can't hear. Craw no, we ain't got no crawfish. Some chicken and all that good stuff. It's going to be there, y'all. It's going to be good. And um, we'll have the location that will be coming out probably very, 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 very soon. So we're asking for everybody to participate in the craft feast. Amen. Y'all know, y'all, guess what? It's still ours. Come on, we still believe in God. Amen. So we're, gonna, we're still moving towards that. So please, please, please continue with your giving. Continue with your seed giving. And God is going to bless our church. Amen. 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 I want to give out one more announcement. Uh, tomorrow, actually Tuesday, uh, we have a, there's a men's conference. It's an outstanding conference. Uh, and uh, I want to give the men the address. This is free. Amen. Uh, it's a great conference. Uh, Bishop Glenn Staples uh, is one of the uh, headliners there. Uh, but Tuesday at 2 o'clock, um, I'll be speaking at the workshop. So I'm going to be sending all that information out to the, the men uh, as far as the uh, address and all those good things and the agenda because it's going to be going on from uh, basically today on through uh, Saturday. So I'll send you the times. Um, it's amazing when men can get together in unity. Amen. And the word of God tells us, you know, oh, how good it is when men can what? Dwell together in what? Unity. Psalms 133, when black men can get together, not all men, amen? But we as men, as people, to get together and get on one accord, better houses, better communities, better just churches, when strong men can get together and do their thing, do what they're what? Supposed to do, amen? They can take their rightful place. Amen. So it's an awesome thing. So I just want to let the men know I'm going to be sending that out. Um, and then what I'll do is I'll have Sister Melissa put it out in the uh, announcements as well. Uh, it's a free situation, man. It's under the, uh, under the uh, umbrella of Bishop T.D. Jakes. But it's an awesome conference. Men to get together, y'all. Listen, y'all. We got it. Look, what, you, what you put in yourself is what's going to come out. Amen. And that's just what it is. All right. So we need to gird ourselves up and build ourselves up as men of God. Amen. Amen. So as you rise to your feet, we've been filled today. Amen. We've been filled. I thank God for his glory, his honor. I thank you for the praise, God. He's just a great God. Amen. Amen. Repeat after me. I love you. God loves you. And Jesus is Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Peace be unto you. Peace be multiplied. God bless you.